I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Let's talk about crime. Why are we fascinated with it? And don't lie. You are. I am. Your neighbor is. Look at the fascination society as a whole has with crime. 
How many, how many TV shows, movies, books? I, I mean, if you want to go to ancient history, as you know, we do all the time. How many plays and stories were told about crime and criminals? Why do we have a fascination with crime? Let's be honest. Be honest with yourself. It's kind of exciting. You look at people who lead a life of crime and you kind of want to do it. Don't you? You don't do it. And you shouldn't do it. I'm, please, don't do it. These stories virtually all end horribly. There's, there's no happy ending there. Very rarely is there a happy ending. You know how often I read all this stuff. Very, very rarely do you get the guy, makes it big, Gets an IRA, gets himself a gold IRA from Gold Alliance, and just walks away after investing for years. Oh, it's happened, but man, it's just not. It's just not the norm. It ends in an ugly death, or it ends with you and federal prison the rest of your life. So don't do it, but you think about it. Is that, our, is that our fallen human nature, the way we're created? Is that what that is? There's something appealing about being bad? No different than the uh, girl who was raised, good family, good home, even ends up with a nice husband, three and a half beautiful kids, all of them named Bryce and Aiden and Jaden. But she had about a year-long spell in college where she, I mean, dated a drummer or two. You know what I mean? Dudes are no different. Good family. Had a great time. I mean, yeah, there was that month I spent in Puerto Rico, but after that, right back to square one. You know what I mean? What is it? And I have always found fascinating the people who just seem to choose it and go through with it. You and I will allow ourselves to watch a movie, right? I'm not obviously going to commit crimes. I'm going to watch Goodfellas a few times. Kind of cool. I'm clearly not going to become a hitman for La Cosa Nostra. I'll watch you do it on TV. What about the guys who looked at that, had a decent life, and thought, nah, that's what I'm doing, and just go into it? I have found the story for years. I've found the story of Sammy the Bull Gravano to be so fascinating. You obviously know the name. There's about a 99% chance you know the story, period. Chris, even you probably know the story, right? He was the guy. I'm not exactly giving... Spoiler alert. I'm not exactly giving something away here. The most famous mafia rat in history. The one who 
sold out John Gotti as his underboss and sent Gotti away for life? Everybody knows that about Sammy the Bull. You may also know he got the deal of deals to testify against Gotti. And we'll get to all that in just a few minutes. Not going to go long on it today. But it's the beginning that always fascinated me about Sammy the Bull. He was born good mother, good father by all accounts. And how many of these mafia stories have I started out that way? Some, but not many. Most of them, it was mom died or dad died or dad was abusive or this or that. No indication of that whatsoever in Sammy the Bull's life. Not only did he have good parents, had a good relationship with his parents. They were good people, small business owners, loved their kid. Sammy was small. Even as a grown adult, he was only 5'5". He was small, but apparently thick and absolutely brutal and fearless. You know when he got the name Sammy the Bull? He got the name when he was 10 years old. You see, he obviously lived in a heavily mob-run Italian neighborhood. And it was a rough neighborhood. He had a good upbringing, but it was still, you're going to get in fights if you're a young boy in that era. He gets his bike stolen by not one, but two older boys. I guess the mob guys on the corner saw him confront these older boys and fight like a lion. And gave him the name Sammy the Bull Gravano at 10 years old. And let's be clear about how these neighborhoods were run. Italian neighborhoods are not necessarily different than the other various ethnic neighborhoods that pop up with major immigrant populations that come to the United States of America or anywhere else. It was the same with the Irish. It was the same with the Jews. It's the same with black people. It was the same with Italians. It was the same. It it just, it, it all follows along the same lines. You are the minority. You have a culture you come from, you're familiar with. You're all in general going to move to the same area for safety. There's safety in being around what you consider to be your own people. And you know what's wrong with that? Nothing. People get bothered by that. Black neighborhoods don't bother me. Black people, this is an extreme generalization, want to live around other black people oftentimes. Italians want to live around Italians. Jews want to live around Jews. It's fine. It's, It's human nature. And people feel guilty about that stuff. They don't want to point it out. Why? It's fine. There's a cultural relationship there. But mostly it was really about safety, especially when you're poor immigrants overall. And you can get taken advantage of really easily. And part of the safety in these Italian neighborhoods was organized crime, the mafia. It was obviously brought over from Italy and especially Sicily, where it's huge. It's still the second biggest organized crime organization in the world, the Italian mafia in Italy, next to Russia. 
They're bigger than the Mexican cartels. You realize that, right? These people invented this crap. And they brought that with them as well. Now, did they prey on Italians on occasion? Absolutely. But get this, and it's important you understand it. People in the community, like Sammy the Bull's parents, warned him repeatedly to stay away from those people. However, they also told him, but they are our people. And they did, without question, look out for other Italians in the neighborhood. They were oftentimes the police force, if you will, in these neighborhoods. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. HomeTitleLock.com can save you, well, getting evicted from your home. Why don't we start there? Why don't don't we just start there? That's one. Two, even if you don't get evicted from your home, even if you don't, you know what a lawyer costs these days? You know that once they get a hold of your home title, they forge your signature on it, they take a loan out against it, you start getting your late notices. Let's say you catch it before you get evicted. You're going to have to go fight this legally. Tens of thousands of dollars later, that doesn't even count the time you take off work. That's what it's going to cost you. Why don't you just go get home title locked right now? If you use the code JESSE, you get 30 days of it for free. HomeTitleLock.com. Go there right now. Sign up. Save yourself the headache. HomeTitleLock.com. You can roll your eyes at these mob guys who will tell you, especially the older ones, you see the documentaries I see, where they're like, we were the protection in the neighborhood. And you can roll your eyes and say, oh, gosh, that's just you trying to justify your existence. Well, yes, you're also right there. It makes you look a lot more honorable when you hijack semi-trucks at gunpoint for a living. If you also say, hey, man, I was protecting little old ladies. So, yeah, do they ham that stuff up? Absolutely. But is that stuff true? You bet it is. You bet it is. I've told you that story before about the Colombo family. I forget which of the mob guys I was studying about this story, but they watch out for their neighborhood. They watch out for strangers in their neighborhood, druggies in their neighborhood, They caught a dude one night who did not belong. I think he was a black guy, and there weren't any black guys in the neighborhoods. They're keeping their eyes on him, and he's following an Italian woman who had just closed up shop in the middle of the night, and they see him following her and see him following her, and finally she tries to get in her car, and he tries to grab her and force her in the car. They chase after him, 
grab him before he can hurt her? But they didn't arrest him. They turned around, stormed through the door of a building that wasn't theirs, but they were allowed in a five-story apartment building. Everybody opened the doors. Everybody let them up, and they dragged this dude up to the top of the five-store apartment building, and he went down the fast way. And it's an interesting relationship when you have that relationship with your community and you see that with Sammy the Bull's parents. The relationship is this. I don't necessarily like them. I know they're bad guys. However, they do serve a purpose and... You will put up with a lot. As a human being, you will put up with a lot when it comes to safety. You will make sacrifices when it comes to safety. How many times have we had that talk about the suburbs and when we're going over all that Black Lives Matter Antifa rioting stuff? People move to the suburbs and the only reason you move to the suburbs is safety. There's no other reason. If you only wanted peace and quiet, you just flat out move to the country and buy a little piece of property. It doesn't cost much if you move rural enough. But in general, why in the world wouldn't you choose to live in a big city? And I'm not pointing fingers. I live in the suburbs. But in general, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't I choose to live right where I'm doing this show right now, downtown Houston? Why wouldn't I? I'm a food freak. I have what, Chris? A hundred restaurants within a two-mile radius and incredible ones? When there's not idiotic coronavirus stuff, there are, there are endless movie theaters, malls, shopping for the fam, bars, nightclubs, if that's your thing. Whatever you want. A, a stone's throw away. Entertainment options, sports teams. I've got the Houston Astros, what, four miles away. I've got the the, the Houston Texans close to that. I have anything I want. Why am I not here? Is it safer where I am? You make sacrifices for safety. You'll sacrifice the things you love for safety. And this applied to Sammy the Bull's family. You see, they always told Sammy, who thought these Italian gangsters looked pretty cool. They dressed pretty nice. People respect them. And his parents said, no, 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 no. You don't, you don't want to go around those guys until one day his parents, remember I said they were small business owners? One day, there's a knock at the door. Sammy's there working with his parents. Open up the door, and it's two Irish dudes. Again, all kinds of ethnic conflict all over the place. We don't have to hide from it. Oh, that's racist. Now shut up. It's reality. Two Irish dudes, apparently union representatives, storm in there with baseball bats and inform Sammy's father, you're about to join the union. This is about to be a union shop. If you don't join the union, we'll be right back here with more of us, and you're going to have a very long night. Now, 
We're going to go over this at some point in time. And there's some of this still today, but not near what it was. There gets to be some confusion between the mafia and unions. Who owned who? Who owned what? In general, I don't want to get sidetracked for too long, but in general, neither really owned the other. The mob would work with unions all the time, and they would quote, borrow money, and they would borrow money from their pension fund, oftentimes actually and pay it back. But that makes it sound like the mobs dominated the unions. And there was some of that, but also the unions were very, very powerful. And they had huge rivalries, not only you know with the mob sometimes, but with each other in unions. Really, back in the day, I tell you what, you can ask my old man about this because he's been in construction his whole life. He was just never a union guy. Unions back in the day, they had enforcement arms too. Don't you dare think it was just the mob guys who had some gigantic fire-breathing violent meathead beside him with an armed, you know, who was armed. That was union guys too. They had armed dudes. They had killers too. And, of course, there was a lot of There was a lot of crossover there. There were a lot of mob guys who were also union guys. Understand that. There was a lot of crossover. But these Irish guys informed Sammy's father, we're coming for you if you don't join the union. Sammy is a bit of a hot-headed young man. He's 13 at the time. Bit of a hot-headed young man. And... He'd started to cause trouble in the neighborhood and really started a gang called the Rampers. And they were doing armed robbery. I know that sounds a little hard for that age, but he was a hard young man. But not huge, not hugely dangerous stuff, but things like that. You know, rob rob, rob somebody of their wallet on the way home kind of thing. Sammy freaks out that his parents are about to be taken advantage of. He gets his hands on a gun from his gang, starts wearing it in the store unbeknownst to his parents. Eventually, he approaches his father and says, what are you going to do? His father says, I'll talk to a man named Zuvido. You don't need to know that name, but he was a gangster in the neighborhood. Father goes and talks to Zuvido. Next thing you know, they're working late at night. There's another knock at the door. Sammy's father. Sammy's there with his gun, ready to use it. His father opens the door. Same two Irish guys are there. Uh Uh-oh. Except they're there to apologize for their previous actions and inform Sammy's father that nobody will be bothering him anymore. That is why these people put up with the mafia in their midst. Sammy starts getting in more and more trouble because this moment, he talks about this. I believe he talks about it in one of his books as well. This was the moment when Sammy the Bull Gravano looked and saw how problems got solved and said, that's going to be the life for me.
You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Sammy the Bull chooses the life of crime. Understand how these street gangs, the young street gangs work in not just Italian neighborhoods. It worked the same in the Jewish gangsters. It works the same in black neighborhoods. It works the same if, if you get these Irish gangs used to run the same way. The street gangs are very much used as the minor league team for the grown organized crime. The mafia guys watch these street gangs for talent. And they're watching this Sammy the Bull, and they see two things, and boy, if you only had one of these and did them really well, you'd be somebody appealing to them. If you do both well, that's a lot. Sammy the Bull was perfectly willing to be violent, and Sammy the Bull was making money. In general, if you want to move up through the mafia ranks, the best way is to make money. However... Some of these guys simply lack the intellect for that or the business sense for that. The only other way, if you can't make money for the family, is be someone who will hurt other people for the family. Otherwise, you don't provide anything of value to what they need. Well, he can do both. Eventually, he finds himself getting recruited by the Colombo family. There are five families who run New York and in a roundabout way run all of Italian organized crime in America. I don't know how firm their foothold is exactly as we speak anymore, but for a long time, all of them, all the mafia groups, they all are kind of ancillary to the five families of New York. Even the mega powerful ones, Chicago, you know, the syndicate. The Florida mob that was run by Tra- uh, Santo Traficante forever. The New Jersey mob. The Philly mob, which is very powerful, very violent. The Cleveland mob. Kansas City. I, the, the places where the mob is powerful, they really all kind of have to mind their P's and Q's with the five families of New York City. The Colombo family is one of those families. His friend Jimmy... He's not in the Colombo family yet, right? Sammy's not in the Colombo family yet. The Colombo family's eyeing him up. 
His friend Jimmy likes to drink, likes to get in a fight every now and then. His friend Jimmy gets in a fight one night with a Columbo guy. His friend Jimmy didn't live very much longer after that. You do not put your hands on one of these guys. Four Columbo-made dudes drove up to Jimmy on the side of the road, got out of the vehicle, and gunned him down like he was nothing and got back in broad daylight. Sammy the Bull Gravano is a violent young man. He's absolutely furious, out for blood, ready to take on the Columbo crime family, which would have gone poorly. The Columbo family, they do something really, really smart and just say, don't be mad. Come join us. How about how about this life for you? And he does. Joins them. Runs a club with another Gambino guy. You see, the five families sometimes compete. Sometimes, oftentimes, they work together on things. And he joins with the Gambino guy, starts a club. Kills his first man. In case you're wondering who that was, it was a member of his own crew. He was ordered to kill him by the capo of his own crew. Boom, back of the head gone. Now he's having some issues with the Colombo family. He decides he's going to move. He gets recruited to move to the Gambino family because he's not a made man yet. Now, once you're a made dude in a family in general, that's permanent. However, as long as you're just a guy who hangs around, an associate, you can, I mean, you can go where whoever wants you. And this is the moment that I find to be extremely fascinating about what happened for the rest of his life. He gets a mentor in the Gambino family. Guy takes him under his wing. He's not making a ton of money, and decides he wants to leave the life of crime behind. Has a wife and kids at this point in time, and man, it's one of those stories where you think where you think to yourself, he was so close because he goes to his mentor in the Gambino family and asks him if that's okay because he's not a made guy yet, and the guy gives him his blessing. Of course, go. Have a great life, and he does. He leaves walks away from a life of crime and goes and works construction. And just so now I don't think you do. If you listen to me, you're probably not somebody who looks down on construction, but construction works awesome work. It's for one healthier physically because you're out there active all day long Two, You may not be a millionaire unless you start your own shop. You can have a real nice life. You can provide a nice life for your wife and kids with steady construction work. My my entire life was eating meals on construction dollars. That's all my old man ever did. Nothing wrong with that. Settles down. Life of construction. Life is good. And then, man, it just went bad for him, and it sucks how it went bad. I don't want to do this thing where I say it wasn't his fault through no fault of his own, but this looks like a bad beat. You remember his childhood gang called the Rampers? One of his childhood gang 
mates, fellow gangsters, whatever you want to call it, got busted and to try to get out of getting busted says he's going to roll over and and tell the cops who murdered these two guys a while ago. And he fingers Sammy the Bull and another guy for this crime. Well, here's the deal. Sammy the Bull did not commit this crime at all. Says he didn't even know the guys. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Jesse, how could you believe him? Here's how I know he's telling the truth. The truth. This man eventually, because he virtually had immunity for it, admitted to 18 or 19 murders. He laid them all out in detail. It's not as if he held back when he eventually got his deal. And he said, even then, I didn't kill these guys. I didn't even know these freaking guys. But if you're the other guy trying to get out of going to prison, and you know the cops know about Sammy the Bull anyway, they finger him for the murder. So here he is, left a life of crime, scot-free, working construction, feeding the fam. Cops show up, slap the cuffs on him, and throw him in the clink for double murder for what he didn't commit. Now, you can have a nice life working construction. But you don't have hiring attorney money. And how many people in Sammy the Bull's life have hiring attorney money? What kind of people in Sammy the Bull's life have hiring attorney money? You know who. He goes back to his mentor in the Gambino family and says, hey, man, can you do anything for me? And he says, yeah, man, I'll help you out. What do you know? The Gambino family gets involved and the charges are eventually dropped. It's a miracle from God. However, that comes at a cost. And Sammy the Bull knew it came at a cost. He didn't have the money to pay that back, and the Gambino family is not a charity. So we had to go back to work. out catch up jessikellyshow.com ebb sleep can change things for you it can you know what i have in my house right now a puppy you know what puppies especially brand new puppies do at nighttime they whine they cry they howl guess where our puppy is about 15 feet away from my bed I slept all night long and didn't stir. Why? Well, I had an ebb sleep on. It's not pills. It's not a new pillow. I put it on my head. It applies precise, continuous cooling to my forehead, keeping me asleep. I go asleep fast and it keeps me asleep. You can sleep like a baby like that too. Go get one. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryeb.com slash jesse. Don't forget to use the promo code jesse. That gets you 25 bucks off. 
Got to go back to work. Gambino family doesn't do things for free, and Sammy the Bull Gravano digs back in, and it doesn't take long until he figures out, look, this is really the thing I'm good at, and this is going to be my life. Eventually, the mafia in New York does something they had not done for 20 years, and that's what they call opening the books. That's when they allow for new members to be made, to be, to be brought into the mafia. Why had it been 20 years? The mafia often does this when they are under assault from law enforcement. When law enforcement presses them and you start getting people defecting, you start getting people testifying against the mob from within the mob, they freak out and lock the place down and don't let anybody else in for a while. Now, that works out fine for a while, but eventually your guys get old, your guys die, or your guys go to jail, and you got to replenish the troops, so they had to do it. And they look at this young Sammy the Bull, guy has never ratted on anybody, been extremely loyal, and they bring him in. Now it's time to discuss the conditions in the Gambino crime family as Sammy the Bull begins working his way up through the ranks. Eventually, Carlo Gambino dies. And this is where things really, really went south for the Gambino crime family. A lot of people will say Carlo Gambino made a huge mistake. I don't don't know how you can look at what happened and think anything else, but this is what happened. Carlo Gambino, in a roundabout way, was related to Paul Castellano. These guys knew each other from the old days. They had come up together. Carlo Gambino had a choice to make as he was getting ready to pass on. He could choose Paul Castellano to take over as boss of the family, or he could choose a man Sorry if I'm hammering you with too many names today. You know, I try to keep it to a minimum. He could choose Castellano or he could choose a man named Neil Della Croce. Remember how we've talked before how all criminals, even mafia guys, aren't the same? We like to lump them all in that same group of they're all a bunch of psychopathic killers who hijack trucks and loan shark and and rob banks, and and do credit card fraud, and do the... And it, no, they're just like any other organization. You're good at this, you do that. You're good at this, you do that. You have a, a real talent for this, stick with that. Lots of these guys are... I don't know if it's, it's going to sound really bad. Lots of these guys are relatively nonviolent, at least for mafia purposes. They're just really good at scams and making money and coming up with a racket. Real white-collar stuff. The mafia has humongous profits, and frankly, that's where most of the profits are, in white-collar crimes, finance crimes, construction rackets. And there are other guys who are just better at violence. Oftentimes, that's an IQ thing. Maybe it's just a 
personal love thing. There are guys who are simply better at walking into a store and taking a blackjack to somebody's face until he unloads the cash register in your pocket and then agrees to pay you so much every month. That takes a different kind of human being to do such a thing. There are different guys. Castellano was considered to be and considered himself to be very much the white collar guy. Neil Della Croce was the guy more prone to violence and as such commanded a bit more respect from some of the gangsters gangsters who thought he definitely should have been the one running the show and not Paul Castellano. That's a problem. However, it's a problem Paul Castellano probably could have gotten over if Paul Castellano had conducted himself a little differently. Paul Castellano was one of those guys who demanded a lot of the money that everybody made, considered to be very greedy, very much about himself. And as somebody who has read a trillion things on these mafia bosses, I will tell you, the ones who seem to last a long time share two general characteristics. One, they're very, very quiet and shun the public eye. Cameras have a hard time even getting a picture of them. That's one. And two, they're guys who, oh yeah, they're going to get theirs, but they're guys who very much distribute the money brought in out to everybody else and make sure everyone around them gets rich. There's safety in enriching all the super thugs underneath you. There's a lot of danger in making all the super thugs underneath you resent you. But when you're in organized crime, you don't only face other criminals in that kind of danger. You face the big one they really fear. Law enforcement. You need to have gold in your portfolio. You simply do. And I'm not telling you to become a pirate and go get a chest full of gold coins and bury it on a deserted island somewhere. You know they have gold IRAs now, right? It's an excellent, safe way to make sure the market doesn't wipe out your wealth, go get one from Gold Alliance. Gold Alliance knows what they're doing. You know how hard it is to get an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau? Gold Alliance has one. They're waiting by the phone as we speak to walk you through it. It is not difficult at all. Just let them handle it. But you have to have some gold in there to protect yourself. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse, and you can get up to $5,000 in gold and silver coins when you sign up. Obviously, you know, because you listen to my show, the mafia has rules. Some of those rules, they're real strict about. 
You can steal from anybody you want, and don't steal from other mafia guys or you're going to die. Don't talk to the cops or you're going to die. Don't kill the boss or you're going to die. They're very strict about these, and they really generally only have one punishment, as you can tell. And then they have rules that are kind of rules and kind of not rules. You know what that's like, too, right? You have those rules in your business as well. Granted, you have a different kind of business than mafia guys, but everybody knows the rules the company really means and the rules the company doesn't. I can show up and maybe take my mask off to walk down the hall for five feet. I can't show up without pants on. There are some rules more strict than others. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. There are rules and then there are rules. One of those rules with many of the mafia families was, is, I don't know how to describe that. No drugs. Do not deal drugs. Now, I almost burst out laughing even saying that because they all deal drugs. All of them. Don't let that godfather scene fool you where he's offered to deal heroin. And, oh, we just, it's just too gross. It's not for us. We don't, we don't do it. Even the ones who say that out loud, they either deal them themselves or they dang well know the capo underneath him who's kicking up a lot of money every month isn't making that stealing fur coats in the garment district. They know their guys deal drugs. Do they want them to? Not necessarily. Is the money nice? Really. And this is the drug trade. I find it to be really, really fascinating. It's not limited to the Italian mafia. The drug business is such a filthy business. People can't stop it, though. Because the money is so good, but the violence and danger with it is so high. It's like the peak, the absolute peak of criminality. Yes, there's a greatly increased chance you're going to die or go to prison for a long time because of the way America cracks down on it and other nations now. There are some countries you get the death penalty for dealing drugs. But there's also a chance you're going to spend some time on a yacht with some supermodels before you do. 
it just it's one of those things it's so dangerous people love it and they and, and they want to do it but it's dangerous but i mean the money's great but we might die or it seems to really affect criminals all over the country and the money's so absurd so you can say if you're paul castellano don't deal drugs anybody caught dealing drugs is going to die and they did say that they were really worried about the prison sentences very very worried about the prison sentences that come with dealing drugs it's not like they had a moral objection to them you can say that if you're paul castellano but at the same time you're not an idiot you know where some of that money's coming from that's going up to you. It's getting kicked up. You just know. So they can't help themselves. What they're really saying when they pass that rule is don't get caught dealing drugs or I'm giving myself the ultimate out to have you killed. Don't deal drugs means don't get caught. Well, remember, we have this rift in the family. And one of the John Gotti, Sammy the Bull guys, don't worry about remember his name. His name is Angelo Riggio. He gets busted. He gets busted hard on heroin for dealing heroin. And he gets busted. And Gotti, don't even ask me how this happened. People have connections everywhere. Gotti and his guys get access to the tapes, the wiretap tapes they have on Angelo Riggio, and they hear him on tape talking about dealing heroin. Paul Castellano doesn't have his hands on these tapes yet. He's obviously hearing rumors, and the gaudy guys know when Paul Castellano hears this, he's going to kill him. Why is Paul Castellano absolutely going to kill him? Well, there's a man you may have heard of by the name of Rudy Giuliani. He was not mayor of New York yet. He was a U.S. attorney. A U.S. attorney in the District of New York that always goes after the mob. And as an ambitious U.S. attorney, he had this thing. There's a great three-part, it's just three-part, highly recommend it. Netflix special on this right now. If you haven't canceled Netflix, that's totally your call. But if you haven't canceled it, there's a great Netflix, or at least there was, called New York versus the Mafia. Maybe it's New York City versus the Mafia, although I think it's New York versus the Mafia. There's a great special on exactly this of Rudy Giuliani coming up with a plan to go after the heads of all five families at the same time. So you essentially bust them all in one day. Now, it takes a long time to gather all the evidence you need to do that. But they did it. And they bust Paul Castellano and essentially label him as the head of all five families, the boss of bosses. And they set his bail at $4 million, which, of course, he paid. I mean, that's nothing. But for him, that's nothing. But Now, you're Paul Castellano. You may or may not be the boss of bosses, but you are the head of probably the most powerful family. You are going to be looking to clean house, if you will, ensure that you're not going to live out the rest of that life of yours behind bars. John Gotti and his guys know they're in very serious trouble of Paul Castellano killing them. 
So they start sniffing around, not only in the Gambino family, but the other families as well. They start sniffing around. How much support would you say we'd have if maybe we made sure Paul Castellano didn't wake up tomorrow morning? And remember that Paul Castellano reputation of greed? That Paul Castellano reputation of not really caring for the street guys as much, wanting to be more white-collar? Gotti's getting a lot of support. So much support that all it took was Paul Castellano making one gigantic mistake for Gotti to make his decision. And what was that mistake? Neil Della Croce. You remember that name. He was the other guy who could have got the top job. The more street guy, the guy the street guys respected more. He dies. Natural causes. Don't worry about it. He dies. Paul Castellano who's currently out on bail awaiting trial refuses to go to his funeral says it would look bad. Now you or I can maybe justify that depending on what the funeral traditions are in your family, how strict they are. Oftentimes it's a cultural or religious thing. Many cultures and religions, obviously this is a very big deal. Some it's not that big of a deal, In general, you can tell how a mafia guy was thought of when he dies by his funeral. Lots of these guys tick off so many people, it's only his wife at the funeral. Some guys very well thought of, funerals packed. Just know this, attending or not attending a funeral, at least back in the day, was a very, very, very big deal. For the boss of the family to not attend the funeral of a high-ranking, well-respected member of his own family, that is an egregious affront in these guys' eyes. And the decision's made. Now, how do you kill the boss? Boss always has a bodyguard with him. Got to figure out where he's going to be. Paul Castellano organizes a meeting at a little place called Sparks Steakhouse in New York City. Last time I was in New York City, I actually ate at Sparks Steakhouse specifically because of this. If you look at the pictures, which I'm sure you're doing as we speak of Paul Castellano dead or Sparks Steakhouse, you don't get ahead of me, but you can. I will tell you, you can go there today. It looks exactly the same. And you walk in. Well, I'll explain in a minute. Ebb sleep can change how you function at home. You know what it's like when you don't sleep? I know you know what it's like. It starts to build on itself, and I am not proud to admit this, okay? I'm not. But when I wasn't sleeping three, four days, you get home from work, and you're a little snappy. Maybe you're not, but I'm a little snappy, a little impatient, even a little lazy sometimes. Can you take the trash out? Yeah, yeah, I will in a, in a little bit. I just I just want to sit here for a while. You know what I'm like now when I get home from work? All this stuff, all day long, I get home from work, 
I'm ready to go. Hey, let's take a family walk. Let's work out. Let's do something. I'm borderline obnoxious. Go get yourself some energy, too. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Use the promo code jesse for 25 bucks off. Jesse Kelly returns next. How do you kill Paul Castellano? You wait till he calls a meeting at Sparks Steakhouse, which they did. Again, I ate at Sparks Steakhouse. You walk in, and I will tell you, I recommend you eat there. If you're going to ask how the food was, one, it was expensive. Two, it's not in the top 20 of steakhouses I've ever eaten at in my life. Remarkably average, and I'd still tell you to go spend the money and eat there because it feels old and mafia-like and you look around and you're about 99% sure there are at least a few guys in there who are still connected. It's very clearly an old New York City mafia hangout. Very clearly. And movie stars eat there. It just feels old and really, really cool. I would recommend it. And get ready to eat some street food after because the food might suck. However, They know Paul Castellano's going there with his bodyguard. John Gotti sets up a large crew to kill him. He has several guys blocking escape routes around Sparks. And he has four guys, four guys who are set up by the door of the Sparks Steakhouse. And they're all dressed like Russians, white overcoats and Russian hats. Gotti wanted any witnesses to only see that. Paul Castellano pulls up to Sparks Steakhouse. Paul Castellano did not get to sit and enjoy his overpriced steak that night. He and his bodyguard are gunned down as Gotti and Sammy the Bull Gravano sat in a vehicle right up the street looking on. Again, if you're not squeamish, You're welcome to go image search this right now. And you can see Big Paul splayed out, dead as a doornail. You're John Gotti. You just took out the boss. You now take over the Gambino crime family. But there's a problem. That's against the rules. That's very, very, very much against the rules. And other mafia bosses who did not approve of this beforehand, which you would have had to have gotten approval beforehand, are angry. They're so angry they try to kill Gotti several times and end up virtually incinerating one of the other buddies of Gotti and Sammy the Bull As he tries to open up his car, car bomb blows up. Sammy the Bull runs out to grab him, and the guy falls apart in his arms as he's pulling him out of the blown-up vehicle. The guy's just gone. There's a price to be paid. And contrary to popular opinion, Sammy the Bull and Gotti were not close. They knew each other, kind of, but they were not close. 
And Gotti was a street guy, but also a guy the rest of the Gambino crime family did not think that highly of at all. He thought very highly of himself, took all the money in for himself, loved the media. And remember what I said, the two characteristics of the long lasting ones are quiet is a big one and not greedy. Gotti was both of those things to the extreme, the opposite of those things to the extreme. Teflon Don loved the headlines and an interesting little side note. Uh, an extreme degenerate gambler, big time. He would run up, and and picture this. How weird is this? The boss of maybe the most powerful mafia family in America would go around town running up six-figure gambling debts and not paying them back. How much does that suck if you're a bookie or the guy running that gambling house? Um... You can't make John Gotti pay it back. And guess what? If John Gotti shows up at your door again the next day to gamble, you're going to tell him no? You can't do that either. So again, chopping away at it, chopping away at it. Finally, the FBI still all over these guys. They bust them, bust Gotti, bust Sammy the Bull. They sit Sammy the Bull down and they start playing him tapes of John Gotti. John Gotti caught on tape blaming Sammy the Bull for a lot. Putting everything on Sammy the Bull. Blaming him for murders. Acting like he's following Sammy the Bull. Sammy the Bull Gravano feels like he's about to be killed anyway. Goes into witness protection FBI and all them give him the deal of a lifetime. The dude admits to murdering 18 or 19 people. Puts away John Gotti for life. Gotti would die in prison. Puts away a bunch of other people as well. You only hear about the big names. But these big time mob guys who get busted, they testify in several trials. It wouldn't have just been Gotti. That's just the one you heard about. And essentially, Sammy the Bull spends about a year in prison before he goes off to live in witness protection in Arizona. In case you're wondering how that went, leopards can't change their spots. And Sammy the Bull Gravano was given a job as in a pool installator in Arizona. And it's very, very, very difficult to go from being the guy who didn't have to call for a reservation at Sparks Steakhouse to be from being the guy who everybody feared driving nice cars, nice clothes to being a guy who installs pools and Sammy, the bull leaves witness protection, starts writing books, start doing media tour stuff. And even that has a shelf life on it. Eventually that publicity goes away and Sammy, the bull does the only thing he's ever known. He, be, he starts an ecstasy ring, selling ecstasy as the ecstasy boss of the Phoenix area. I know you're going to find this shocking, but the very much not mob guys, just a bunch of kids, they look like a bunch of 20-year-old kids that he brings in 
eventually it all comes crashing down on Sammy the Bull, gets busted again, and goes away for a long, long time. In case you're wondering, he just recently got out of prison. I believe it was 2017. I may have that wrong. An old, broken man still alive to this day. Who knows? Maybe he'll hear the podcast of this show. Maybe he's listening live as we speak. Sammy, if you're listening, you're welcome to call into the show. 877-377-4373. 877-377-4373. Anyone else is welcome to call in as well. I will give everybody a dog update shortly. I will say this, though, and this is the last time you're ever going to get anything genuine and nice out of me. Thank you. I asked yesterday about the for, for advice on the pet allergy and my son said I didn't want to give the dog back. They love the dog, blah, 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 blah. And I showed up this morning to an absolute stack of emails from you all giving advice on allergies, allergy doctors and whatnot. You guys are awesome. Thank you. You know what? I might as well just give the update now. No need to tease everybody. Chris, we went through an entire night last night. No allergic reaction whatsoever. Looks like, fingers crossed, we're going to be in the clear. And look, if it's an every once in a while reaction thing, then they're keeping the dog. I just didn't want the kid to live with hives and and bloodshot eyes 24 hours a day. And I don't want him to have to live with being drugged out. I I don't like all that crap. Looks like we're going to have a success tale there. Success story. Whatever. I don't do radio. Hang on. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. 
And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 